0: Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. It's your host, Monica Mohoya.
1: It's your girl, Angela
2: Wambui. And it's your girl, Lash Angela. We are back, 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 girls.
0: Oh my God, I can't believe we are almost at the tail end of oh. the season. Second <gasps> to
2: last.
1: <laughs> and,
0: and what's been very interesting about this uh, season, we've been covering everything leadership and we are honored to have amazing, amazing lineup of guests uh, from, you know, energy, from digital tech to uh, leading like big tech organizations and, you know, just them dropping the nuggets and inspiring us and um, you know from leading nations standing up for human rights to running the world's most important organizations women continue to shape the world through their leadership and it is is important to have female leaders in positions of influence for they serve as role models and it's not only critical to the career advancement of women but it stands to generate broader societal impact on pay equity changing one Workplaces policy in way that it benefits both men and women and more so uh, diversifying the workforce. So that's all
2: about Overreact Season 2, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And this is why we want to shape and shift the conversation about women leaders and share their growth. Today we're overreacting to the statement that women can be engineers too. Hmm. And yes. whom better to have this conversation with the Queen herself um, other than the Director of Africa Wind Power for Global Wind Energy Council, Wangare Mushiri.
3: That's yeah. right, hi guys, hey. <laughs> so
2: good to be here um, It is an extreme pleasure that I personally get the opportunity to introduce you as one of my best friends And congratulations, Besties I mean, it's so late like, you got hey, married bestie. Hey bestie, um, hey bestie,
3: hey, yeah. hey best mate <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: And you inspire me every day, you know, we have a group, you know
3: oh, thank um, For you. those Go who getters. don't know, we have
2: a go-getters group um, with another uh, friend of ours and yeah, you are definitely one of the most powerful forces that I'm glad to have close in my corner.
3: Thank Aww. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Girl, you're going to make me cry this early. I'm tearing <laughs> You up. just
0: started the podcast. <laughs> what, what are my friends doing
2: out there? Come on. Um, welcome to the show. Um, thank you. I want to give you this opportunity to tell us a little bit more about yourself and maybe one interesting fun fact that people might not necessarily know.
3: Oh, cool. Um, thank you so much for having me, girls. It's so good to be here finally on the Overreact table uh, here in your beautiful offices. Um, thanks for the mandazi and the coffee. Oh, <laughs> I'm very well, you know, hydrated <laughs> and energized. Um, so hi, everybody. My name is Wangari Mushiri. I'm the director um, at, at Africa Wind Power, as Angela has just said. I'm a renewable energy engineer. I'm a sustainability ambassador, enthusiast. Um, one of the things that people don't know about me is that I'm actually... An natural hair blogger so back in the day I had a little blog called different strands um, and I used to talk about my natural hair um, which I always try have on display uh, when I can um, like today so it's great to to be here and looking forward to this conversation we're loving your main girl we're loving <laughs> the main is meaning thank you and what do you
2: think about that statement women can be engineers too
3: Absolutely. Every time I, I see, you know, some a lot of young people come to me and they're like, oh, you know, how can we also get into engineering? And um, when I was younger, I never thought that I could be an engineer. It was only for men. Um, and I would like to be like, I am an engineer. Me. Uh, this young girl from Kenya um, went out there, was in a class where I was the only black girl. Maybe one of five girls in my engineering class, and I was still able to you know graduate, do well, come out into the into the real world um and get a great job, and it really thrive in my purpose. and one thing I discovered early is, we try to, especially in the STEM subject, we try to make ourselves like men, you know? So we try to be like, wear the blue or the gray suit and like, don't put on your makeup, don't have a red lip um, on site, don't do all the, don't wear earrings, don't wear jewelry, right? Um, apart from it being a health and safety thing. Um, I think it's important for us to be ourselves, to be soft in those spaces, right? Um, so instead of trying to kind of make ourselves like the men so that we can be engineers, no, we can be our own type of engineers. And the more of us in this space, the more it becomes um, the norm, yeah? The more it's less of a question about, oh, she's a she's a woman, oh, you know? Um, and, and I've also found that my name's unusual. So apart from in Kenya, people know um, outside don't know that Wangari is a female name, right? So a lot of the times they think, oh, Engineer Wangari, and oh, that's um, a man. Oh, my so God. So a lot I'm of crazy. emails I get are Mr. Mushiri, Mr. Mushiri. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. actually... <laughs> It is Miss Mushiri to you, well now Mrs, but yeah, it's Miss Mushiri to you. So it's really interesting that also you have to change that perception very early on, right? Um, And when I come in, I am loud. I have my red lipstick on, my bright jacket on normally. Um, People need to know that you're in the room. I think that's really, really important.
1: Wow. That you belong. Yes, Absolutely. (laughs) lovely um so Angare, we love the fact that you are truly the epitome of a woman that refuses to be placed into a box and that's what we're all about here at overreact Mm -hmm. you know she said i'm gonna wear that lipstick i'm gonna wear my fro you know and i'm going to be me and i love it so with your journey um you've reached so much in your career especially when it comes to renewable energy in 2019 you were selected as one of the obama african leaders As well as in your current role, you also serve as a board member for the Kenya Green Building Society. And throughout your career, you've worked with well-established organizations. So one thing I want to know, were you clearly intentional with uh, the strategic choices that you were making with uh, being a part of these different programs and organizations as they align with your uh, line of work? And what percentage have they equated to your success? That's a very good
3: question, actually. Um, So when I first moved, so um, I worked with JLL, which is a big real estate firm. It's one of the biggest in the world in Australia. And so I had constantly, in fact, in my interview, when I went for the interview for the role, I said, oh, one day there'll be a JLL Kenya office and I would love to go and, you know, be that. Um, you know, work in that office or lead up that office. Um, And I was just like, to be honest, I was just talking, (laughs) you know, um, to show that I really want to be in the company long term and to show that I'm really, you know, um, committed to, to JLL. Um, And then it actually happened. There was actually an office that was opened um, maybe three years into my career with JLL. And because I had said it so long ago, I had basically manifested it without even knowing. Um, They asked me to come back here and, you know, lead the Kenya office or help build the Kenya office for JLL. So that also made me, it kind of um, made me realize that whatever I put out into the universe, that's there's a high chance it's going to happen because I'm going to work towards towards it. I'm going to always have my eye open to those opportunities. Um, and so when I moved back home, I found that I was... Um, kind of a lot in the real estate space so uh, when I with JLL the company became more real estate than sustainability mm. but my passion is in sustainability so I had to get an outlet it's like um you know those people who like have art on the side and they like they paint in in their homes in the evening Yeah, are talking to her yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> actually you were one of them yeah. <laughs> um and so you're like I do this during the day but at night like I need to do something that really fulfills my passion and that's where the Kenya Green Building Society role came up so I was looking for something within green buildings and I was like, you know what, let me just volunteer at this organization and see. And at that point, I didn't think it would be a board member role. I didn't think it would take me as far as it has opened the doors that it has. Um, I just thought, oh, let me just help where I can. Right. Um, In something that I'm passionate about. Crazy, crazy, like looking back at it now and I'm like The Obama Award was because of my volunteer work, not because of my main job. Um, I also won other awards that have been because of this, this volunteer role, just because I was true to wanting to, you know, work within my passion um, so for me, I feel like part of my success has been that I've always found another journey. Um, so let me, let me give you some tea, girl. Let me give you some tea. <laughs> Spill this it, <laughs> it. it. When I was in my last job, so as much as, you know, it was fantastic moving back to Kenya and having, um, starting up this new office, um, there's certain people, you know, certain, um, Caucasian people who feel like, um, you know, young black women should not be in leadership positions. So I'd find myself Even if I'm the sustainability expert on the team, they would want to be the person talking on the stage or the person taking credit for my work. Um, And when I learned that very early on in, in my role with JLL, I had to find another avenue to be able to really have my voice seen and heard. So I would find myself on the panels with these same people because of my role as a board member in Kenya Green Building Society. And they couldn't say anything about it because that's a whole different organization. It's a whole different avenue. Um, and so I find, I find myself like when I talk to young people and they're like, you know, my boss won't let me go to this conference or speak on this panel. Find another avenue. You don't have to stay where you're kind of somebody sitting on you and has, has you under their thumb. Um, just... Try to find a way out of that so that your voice can be heard, so that you can stand out. Um, and that's really what made me um, win all these awards and get to this position in my in my career. Wow.
0: How, you know, I'm so looking at you and I'm like, Uh, The first time I heard of the word sustainability and everyone was like, oh, it's all a buzzword. And, you know, you've been in the game since it was labeled as a buzzword. And now it's so real Uh, for someone listening in and they don't know what that means. uh, Maybe you can just break it down for us. And um, I love what you say that you belong in that room. And, you know, their Caucasianness or their whiteness doesn't invalidate your expertise and who you are as Dr. Uh, I mean, Pastor Jake uh, told Sarah when he was uh, passing on the baton mm-hmm. for um, the organization he leads on women, he said uh, one thing he wants to see women do is to actually tell themselves they belong the ro- in the room
1: Absolutely. and bring
0: the expertise. And, and, and they're not just in the room because they're women, mm-hmm. but because they know
3: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes, and they have a yes. different perspective, oh. you know, mm-hmm. there's things that we think about, unfortunately that other people don't think about, you know, um, being a black woman, being an African woman, being an engineer, African woman, there's things that I see that other people don't see. Um, and it's just, just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe from my upbringing, from my background, it could be whatever, uh, my experiences are in the world, um, that help shape, you know, the opinion and the, and the, um, kind of input that I can bring to a table. Um, Um, And so actually, this is this is is a very interesting point that you make, because there's times where um, I'm in a room, I'm a young black girl. It's all senior engineers in their 50s and 60s who are like, I've been in this industry before you were born, young lady, you know, that type of conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then I start talking about sustainability. And because sustainability was not here 30 years ago um, or the, the concept of it within the green building, they can't talk to it. So you also need to, as you say, you need to know your ish, but also um, use that strength because there's always going to be something coming up, something that your niche at, something that's your specific kind of, um, I want to say, your your strength. Use that to stand out. So when, um, as much as I am, you know, 32, and these guys have been in the industry as as, <laughs> as long as I've been alive, I'm able to talk about something that they're not able to, and so they
1: have to listen, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, she you've dropped so many different nuggets This conversation is so insightful in terms of just highlighting the fact that sometimes our counterparts, you know, come with this sense of privilege, you know, because I've been in the industry so mm-hmm. long. Um and at the end of the day, representation matters. And one thing that I do love that you do, you're very active on social media. I even remember for your wedding, you had done something on how to have a green wedding. And I was like, oh, that's creative. That's, that's a thing, Absolutely. And those are the Damn. things where you're creating a stamp, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you're creating that path. Um, so one question I do have for you is why did you choose to focus on renewable energy? Mm-hmm. And why is it a very much needed industry for our current society?
3: Okay um so for well how i got into renewables uh, i Initially, when I was graduating from high school, I was really good at physics and maths. Um, I wasn't really good at English and writing and all that, and I didn't enjoy it as much. So I had to—I knew I had to go into something to do with the STEM subjects. Um, in addition to that, I didn't want to do the typical, you know, mechanical engineering and chemical engineering. I, I wanted to kind of be um, be different and be kind of groundbreaking and go into an industry that is not what we, we've all heard of. Um, So when I was going through uh, my university courses within the engineering um, kind of uh, faculty, I found something called renewable energy engineering. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I think it was also one of the first two years that they had just done it in that university. Um, And then in the same period of my life um, my dad had just built my Shosho, my grandmother uh, a new stone house you know moving from the mud hut mm-hmm. to a stone house when the, fi- the family kind of omokas, you know like finally comes up and your parents build your grandparents um, a stone house but it was dark right so they were trying to figure out like how to get electricity to this house the grid wasn't there yet um, and I was introduced to this like small panel it was maybe the slightly like two of my laptop sizes you know um, and and that small panel enabled us to light up the house, right, and enables to uh, enabled us to have a plug where we could connect a TV. So that meant we could spend longer at my grandmother's house. That means we could bond with her longer. So I was like, oh wait, this whatever this is, um, this thing called solar, has really changed my grandmother's house and helped, enabled us to be able to bond with her. Imagine how many other people in Africa, in Kenya, don't have this, right? Um, So when I was now looking at my courses, I was like, oh, wait, this is what renewable energy is. Um, And so when I put two and two together, um, it really got my interest. Um, And then the final thing, my mom was reading a book about the next three revolutions of the world. Um, I think one of them was social media. This is like in 2008. So before Instagram, before all that, Um, one of them was social media. Another one, I don't remember exactly what it was. And the last one was renewable energy. So all three things kind of pointed me to this kind of um, this area. And I was like, you know what, let me just take a risk on it and see what will happen. So, of course, I was the only black girl in my engineering class, only Kenyan girl, um, in, you know, in a class of maybe 400, 500 people. Um, and so also that made me pique my interest. Like, why are we? Why is everybody else in my class not, not like me, right? Um, and that's how I ended up in renewables. And from then on, I've seen, I've seen, like, every single step of the way, how much more renewables have been talked about, how much more it's empowering people. The Kenyan grid is 94% renewable energy. That is also peak, you know, that's amazing that we can have that much green power on the grid. So this is really now when it's come 10 years later, oh, well, is it 10 years later? (laughs) Showing my age. Um, So 13 years later, um, it's really now coming to mainstream, but it wasn't there before.
0: It's crazy that, you know, your story, you know, how your Shoshua's house was dark and everything. But it just took me back to those days uh, when I would actually go and chop firewood. Mm. And I didn't you know I was humming the environment until I right. grew up. And I was like, oh. But then again, that was the source of energy people knew to date uh, where I come from. Um, You know, people are still using uh, charcoal. People are still using firewood. And it's very, um, you know, important for people to be aware of what you're doing to the environment. And just recently, it's when I'm becoming more and more uh, climate change, um, you know, curious Mm. because I thought, oh, as someone said, it was a hoax. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a white people thing. So it's here right now. And it's here, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. so um, clearly your journey has been amazing, amazing. And uh, within STEMS, we've seen that a lot of uh, companies are introducing tech uh, programs uh, geared towards like skilling women and girls within schools to encourage them to go into things like coding. Mm-hmm. And um, what program maybe as an after school or within the scu- uh, school career would you encourage people to go into, to cultivate, cultivate their interest in careers like engineering and sciences? And of course, uh, based on your story, um, you know, looking at what the future looks like, you know, from 10 years, on from here on out, 10 years, 20 years, what would you tell those little girls that want to be like you? What are the STEM uh, programs? What are the programs that they're supposed to take on? And, you know, what are the things that are supposed to be their you
3: know, uh, passion projects for them to be,
0: you know, engineers of the future? Um,
3: yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great question because we, we, a lot of the times don't include youth in the things that we do, um, and they're our future. Africa's population is mostly youth under 19, People of under nineteen are the the majority within the continent, so um, there is quite a few programs that have come up. But one of the ones that I've been involved in is called the ZAID Sustainability Prize, and in a few years ago, one of one of our Kenyan high schools actually won the Green Schools Award, where they get to um, show you know, what sustainability they'd put in place. So they'd done solar panels. They had done, um, I think, water cleaning, cleaning the water within the school. They had planted food for them to eat. So it was like farm to table. Um, They'd done quite a few things. And part of that prize is that they also show schools around the area how to do the things that they've done to win that prize. Um, And I think it also came with like a financial benefit. So I think that's one thing I'd encourage all Primary and high school going um, people to get involved in in such an award. Um, anyone can get involved. It just takes one person in the school to say, "Let's do this." Um, and most schools are already growing. Sorry, most most schools are already growing their own food. Um, most schools already have some solar panels on them, courtesy of a government program. So it's easy for them to get involved. But it also gets the students themselves excited about renewables and sustainability and teaches them that um, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, what your background is. As long as you come to the school, you could, these are the things that you can apply that are sustainable. Um, so that's one that's really, really good. Um, for people who are kind of coming out of uni and in the kind of work... Coming, getting into work and getting into the, for their first jobs. Um, the, the GWEC, the Global wind Energy Council, actually has a program called Women in Wind. Um, I'm actually a woman in wind. I was groomed by this program, and this is why I also I think it's it's the first step that I took towards the role that I have now. And look at um, you now. Yes. Staying <laughs> me as a <the> director. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so it's a, it was a great opportunity because I was mentored by one of the top CEOs in the world, in the biggest renewable energy company in the world. Um, and it showed me just having... A Frank conversation with her. I remember asking her one time, saying, um, "I don't know when the right time to have kids is," and she was like, "Well, Gary, there's no right time to have kids. You just have them, and you'll figure it out, right?" Mm-hmm. And for her to just be that real and open with me in this mentorship program also showed that. Somebody who's the top CEO of a multi-billion dollar company can easily, you know, has the same issues I do, right? Mm-hmm. Me sitting in this small office being my first job. Um, so I think that was really, really important to see that. And also to be able to dream because I'm also just a woman like her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to f- make it work, trying to find a balance. Um, so I would, th- those are the kind of the two programs I'd highlight now. Um, but of course, anyone could reach out to me on my social media and I'm happy awesome. to share more. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> So in 2019, there's a study
2: by a renewable energy agency, um, in, sorry, International Renewable Energy Agency called IRENA, um, and they found about 32% of women compared to 22% in the energy sector overall were employed. Still within renewables, within uh, women's participation in science, technology, engineering and mathematics jobs is far lower than it is within administrative jobs. Mm. You have worked in Australia and in Kenya, and with your work currently, you're traveling a lot and attending conferences and and what have you in different parts. So how would you compare your experiences and challenges as a woman and as an African woman too? And when you say your name is Wangare Mushiri, um, how do people you know treat you and then when you say your title how does that Mm. change do you see that change with gender to gender same gender Mm. or um, race or different gender do you think people like all of a sudden oh okay now I can listen to her let me take her seriously
3: Um, yes, uh, that's, that's a big yes for that question. There is times where I'll walk into a room and people will think I'm just well, like one of the admin staff or reception staff. And they don't realize, you know, I'm the one representing the organization um, within, you know, the event or whatever. Um, this actually happened to me a few weeks ago in Cape Town where um, I was so. There's one event that happens every year annually in South Africa. Um, and the, last year, I was invited to the CEO's dinner. So this year, um, when I were being invited for the function, I said, oh, and I've not yet received the CEO's dinner invite like last time. Um, and the lady's like, uh, no, 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 it's for your CEO. Um, and so I need to check if the invite can change to you, Right. Um, so when I told her, actually the invite was to me last year, so it doesn't have to change. If you need to check that it's going to change the CEO, that would be the change that it's going back to our CEO. Um, and she was like, "Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't realize, you know, you're the one who's like representing the the organization." And I was like. Yes, I'm the one who attends this normally, um, so I think also that showed me that I think she was she thought I was just like a, an admin, you know, mm. like oh I'm just a, you know you the admin to the CEO, um, and she didn't realize I am the lead in Africa for this for this role, so I had to kind of. Explain that and she of course she apologized but um it just showed me that sometimes people just assume that you are you know somebody just because of your your skin color because i'm not a white man unfortunately Mm. sometimes it's it's you know assumed that i'm not in a senior level or you know being able to carry the the organization yeah yeah
2: what would you say um when we talk about like because you've throughout the conversation you've mentioned about um Like you're always the only black girl in the room and what have you. Um, And your experience, we we, we define leaders more about their successes. I just want to give you an experience um, or rather an opportunity to share what has been a failure that has defined you
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and keep it short and sweet. Um, so one of the things that has been um, really like made me reflect and recognize so this company that I told you about um, that I was brought from Australia to help start JLL in Kenya um, three years after we started it in 2015 so in 2018 uh, we were told so the CEO the global CEO decided to say uh, decided that all Africa offices would close at some point it didn't matter how great you're doing you know just closed the offices, regardless of, he didn't know us, he didn't know what the market was like. Um, and that was something that made me feel like, oh no, I've just been made redundant for a company that I came to, I came to found, or mm-hmm. I helped found here in Kenya. I felt like a failure, right? Um, but then I realized that this company was closed because of the CEO's inability to understand the market, to understand that it's a slow, you know, it's a slow market and you mm-hmm. grow a certain way. Um, and then I realized that I need to also go out and make my voice heard and tell the story about Africa even more so that people sitting in New York, people sitting in London who have no touch point in Nairobi or with whatever whatever city we're in um can be able to really understand what the markets are like, so everywhere I go i'm I'm always talking about Kenya and Nairobi and um talking about Africa, if it's outside the continent. I think it's really important so for us to tell our story so that even when people are making decisions, they have that in the back of their mind.
2: Okay, oh, I so, love that.
3: I really yeah. like
2: that. Thank you so much, Wangari, no for problem. overreacting. It's been a long time coming, but we're finally glad that we got to have you on season two. Um, and we'd like to end it with giving you our imaginary billboard on Waiyaki Way. <laughs> and in this billboard, I want you to define what leadership, and maybe let's be more specific, What does uh, what, write a statement um, on what women in STEM, in leadership, means to you.
3: Go. Um, so if I had like a statement on the billboard, I would say um women in STEM are engineering their way through the glass ceiling.
0: I love it. We are turning (laughs) the glass ceiling into flows. Exactly. Exactly. A (laughs) 30-second
3: trick that works for you always. Um if I'm nervous or if I'm about to go on stage, uh I normally like I take a deep breath in and then I just tell myself that I'm talking to like my friends. Um, And that always kind of settles the nerves. In addition to that, if that doesn't work, I just imagine everyone naked. (laughs) Well, we're certainly overreacting to that one.
2: Um, Amazing. You have been listening to the Overreact podcast, a space where we openly ask the tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. A special thanks to Coffee Scene 9 Studios, where this recording took place, a space that I recommend for content creators to record podcasts and video content too. So please do come and check them out.
0: Tune in every Monday right here at Capital FM at 1030 EAT. And digitally, this very episode and the past episode will be available across all uh, digital podcast platforms. That is SoundCloud on Capital FM, Sister Speaks page on Apple,
1: Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Interact and follow us at SisterSpeaks254 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You have been listening to your host, Angela Womboi. And when you walk into a room, be you.
0: <sighs> we are definitely turning those glass ceilings into floors and clanking the heels to tell them we are in the room.
2: <laughs> That's yes. your girl Mo. I'm out. <laughs> um, you have been listening to Lush Angela. And honestly, I think for me, I'll end it. Think about the people that you're surrounding yourself with because this is my best friend. So um, look at the people, the circles that you're surrounding yourself with because if they're elevating, you're elevating too. Ladies, let's overreact. overreact.